everyone. I am so excited that you're listening to the Stick to You podcast. I am the host, Karina Parikh, a 17-year-old from San Diego, California. You are tuning in to the right place if you want to learn about mental health, wellness, and self-care. My mission with the Stick to You podcast is to encourage others to live a healthy and fulfilling lifestyle. I bring on special guests each week to share their perspectives and tips for sticking to your own journey and appreciating your own self-value and self-worth. Thank you so much for being here. And without further ado, let's dive into it. Hi, everyone. Today, I am super grateful to have Miss Erica Rood with me as a special guest. Miss Rood is a certified life coach at Inspire Balance Coaching, and she coaches teenage girls, college students, and their parents. She provides a safe, judgment-free environment where she can coach and help girls with a wide variety of topics, some including self-acceptance, stress, body image, goal setting, and effective communication. Ms. Rude is also a guest speaker at our teen wellness series a couple months ago, and it was so nice having the opportunity to meet her and hear some wisdom from her. In today's episode, I will be interviewing Ms. Rude on her advice and tips for living a healthy and fulfilling lifestyle. We will specifically talk more about teen self-confidence and managing stress and anxiety with this new norm. I am really excited to get started. So Ms. Rude, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself? and your journey to becoming a wellness and life coach. Sure. So my journey started in the classroom. I was a teacher for many, many years, and I loved working with young people. I always have, but I also always knew that I wasn't going to be a teacher forever. So I started to think about what else I could do. And like many teachers, I kind of followed the teacher path, and I decided to get my master's. And it was during that time, it was around like the end of my master's program when I had to choose a topic for my thesis. And I was like, what am I going to pick? And at the same time, I have a classroom that seemed to just be full of what is called girl drama. And I had a lot of these girls coming in after lunch and they were talking to me before and after school about stuff that was happening with their friends and stuff at home. And I just became really curious, like why all of this stuff was happening. And it seemed like it was getting worse and worse year after year. And I also wanted to do whatever I could to help. So I thought that's a perfect topic to study. So for my thesis, I studied girl relationships and specifically relational aggression, which is kind of bullying in girls. And I created this prevention curriculum that was designed to teach girls about themselves, how to resolve conflicts peacefully, how to kind of accept differences and, you know, really just like get along with themselves and with others. And I was able to teach some of my lessons in my own class, but it never really felt like there was enough time. And as years went by, it was like the academic side started to get more intense and the time for social, emotional, or what was called character development um, became less and less. So it was um, after my master's, I did a yoga teacher training and this was kind of where it all came together because when I was in yoga teacher training, I started to think, gosh, there's so many parallels between what I was teaching girls through my curriculum 
and the stuff that you hear in yoga classes, just like these themes of self-acceptance and, you know, being able to be calm in the face of conflict and loving yourself. So I was like, God, it'd be so cool if girls got this message and if I could somehow blend like the yoga component, which I just find so helpful and powerful with the education component. So I started to talk to people and then one thing led to another and I began to develop and teach mother-daughter yoga classes and yoga classes for teens. And then I heard about this career called a teen life coach, which was like everything I wanted all wrapped in one. So I was like, that's what I'm gonna do. That's literally perfect. And I think that's a really cool story. I love how this career is a combination of all of your interests and passions. Do you mind telling us a little bit more on what it means to be a life coach? Sure. That's a really good question because so many people confuse or they don't really confuse because I don't think they quite even understand the difference between coaching and therapy. But the easy way to understand it is that therapists tend to help clients figure out how they got to where they are. So a lot of therapists are gonna like look back at past patterns, past experiences, and you gain a lot of understanding about, you know, maybe bad habits that need to be broken or ways of thinking that need to be adjusted. But coaching is more about the future and it's more about kind of taking the client where they are to where they want to be. So in coaching, we do a lot of um, goal setting, a lot of just clarification around things that you want to experience or people that you want to have in your life. And my role is helping my teen clients or my college students just know what steps they can take to get from point A to point B. So it's like building the bridge. That's awesome. Before I talk to you, I didn't really know the difference between life coaching and therapy myself, and they're definitely two different things. So I just wanted to clarify for everyone that's listening. I also read on your website that you coach parents as well. Is there a reason why you also wanted to focus on coaching parents? Definitely. So as a teacher, you know, and you probably remember this too, Karina, <laughs> there's a lot of partnership between parents and teacher and student, and that's really what makes the magic happen. So I always knew that, you know, parents needed to play a really important role in the coaching process. And the more I was coaching teens, I also started to learn from teens what they really need from their parents, but sometimes they just don't know how to ask or they don't know how to express it in a calm and respectful way. It can come out like, you know, a little bit <laughs> yeah. not parent friendly, let's just say. Um, <laughs> And so I thought, you know, parents would really benefit from having a little bit of insight into their teen's world, but then also, you know, some education around how they can shift their parenting to meet the needs of their teens. So I did do um, a couple of trainings in family coaching, and so I learned some different strategies, and then I started to create my own, and I began to offer a parent coaching program to not always to the girls that I coach, but, or to the parents of the girls that I coach, but just to, to parents in general. So, yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that's really important too. And then transitioning back to teens, is there a specific area or topic that you typically coach or guide teens in? 
With teens, it varies a lot because every teen is different and every teen is going through different challenges and kind of comes in with different needs and desires. Um, I would say generally though, the topics that are most popular in coaching are like self-confidence and self-esteem. Yeah. A lot of times it's just support and dealing with the, the different changes and challenges that come up with friends during like high school and college. Sometimes it's like some support dealing with the changes and challenges with family stuff. Um, and, you know, for many girls, it's what I said before, just kind of gaining some clarity about what they want for themselves and what they want in their future. Yeah, for sure. And um, what has been the best part about being a life coach? Oh, there's so many amazing parts, but my, I mean, it's such a fulfilling career. And after every session, I just feel like, I just have this sense of, you know, gratification and, um, and happiness, but probably the best part is when I, I stay in touch with almost all the girls that I coach. And when I actually have a chance to talk with them and see what coaching practices they're still using in their college lives and hear how coaching really helped them get to where they are today, that's probably the most fulfilling. I just actually reconnected with a handful of girls that I coached many of them through their high school years or at least like two of those years and they're all in different places in their life they're all around the same age like 20 21 but they all still use a lot of the coaching practices that I taught them and they just they credit a lot of their success and their ability to overcome challenges in life to what they learned through their coaching experience so yeah, that's-, that's great. And I'm sure it's a good feeling for both you and the teens because it must be so nice to see their growth throughout the years. Okay, so I now wanted to jump into some questions that I've been receiving from other teens. And the first one is, what are your general philosophies around teen self-confidence and self-esteem? Mm-hmm. Um. So there's a slight difference between self-confidence and self-esteem, which is probably important to identify. You know, self-esteem is really like how we feel about ourselves and self-confidence is how we feel about our abilities. So there's that slight differentiation that you can tell, like they, they go hand in hand, right? So I think you really, when you wanna build your self-confidence, you have to kind of use your self-esteem and vice versa. Um, but I believe that when girls really understand who they are, so they have a strong connection with their inner strengths and their values, that's going to improve their self-esteem because they actually have something tangible to like about themselves, right? Like you can really like and appreciate that you're organized, for example, or caring or honest. And you can use those strengths then to, you know, really learn how to build confidence, right? Which is your ability to overcome some of life's challenges or ups and downs. So, you know, this is what I do a lot in my coaching sessions is just help girls kind of reveal and connect with those inner qualities and then learn how to use them to move forward in their lives. Yeah, I think there are so many pressures that we face from a wide variety of things. 
I'm in high school myself and I can say that oftentimes we compare ourselves to others leading to low self-confidence. Totally. I mean, there's that pressure and then there's just kind of this societal expectation of how girls should be and what they should do and how they should look and those really combine to put a lot of pressure on teens especially, but even, you know, grown women face similar challenges. And it's something that really, um, it can damage self-esteem and it makes it really hard to be confident in ourselves. Yeah, and that's basically my next question. From your experience, what are some things that you think teens or young adults can do if they are struggling with body image low self-confidence or meeting other societal standards? Um, well, I think the most important thing to do is to talk about it. So I'm a big fan of, obviously of coaching, but of just, you know, having a support system. And we all, we're all experiencing challenges, right? And I think we also all experience periods or longer episodes of self-doubt or low self-esteem or, you know, body image. And just having somebody who can reflect back your goodness and remind you of the truth and even just listen to some of the things that, you know, are hard, that is a very, very important way to move through and get over some of the things that you just mentioned. Um, I think, you know, one thing again that I do in, in my coaching is talk to girls about their inner critic, right? Which is that little voice that can tend to be exactly the thing that triggers the poor body image or low self-esteem. And, you know, when you can recognize that that's like, sometimes a story that we've just made up about ourselves, not necessarily the truth, then you can learn how to change the story. So it's helpful, obviously, to have someone who can guide you through that. But even if you just start to think about like, all right, what am I telling myself about myself? Is that helping yeah. me or is that hurting me? Yeah. Yeah. And I think also the hardest part is asking for help because you know, like you were saying, we have that inner voice inside of our heads and it can sometimes be difficult to just, you know, move past that and, you know, really reach out when you need it. And I think that's super important to do so. Yeah. But, you know, I think it's so important to remember that we're all human yeah. and we all have this. And this is the cool thing that happens when you do reach out and ask for help or you just share your own struggles. You start to realize that you're not alone and that, you know, we all have experienced that and we can actually, you know, through sharing and talking about it, we can really help each other get through it. Yeah. And once you do that, you'll feel so much better about yourself too. And I also think that social media plays a big role in that, like in self-confidence for girls and teens in general. I don't know if you have experienced that with other teens. I think, you know, social media in my experience, tends to be the platform for comparison, right? Yeah. So a lot of times, and I mean, I'm guilty of it too, right? We just find ourselves sort of blindly scrolling 
And then, you know, suddenly we're not feeling so good about ourselves. And it's like, oh, wait, well, maybe because I kept seeing all these images that looked so perfect and awesome. And I was thinking, I'm not like that, right? And so I just think, you know, I love social media. It's not going to go away. It's so helpful in so many ways too, yeah. to be connected, which is so important, especially now with social distancing and, you know, just having to isolate in many ways. But I think we just have to have that awareness too of like, okay, how is social media affecting me? Am I using it to help myself or is it actually like getting in my way? Yeah, I think it oftentimes does both. <laughs> it definitely has the positive sides of it. And then, you know, it's always hard not to compare yourself to others, but you know, eventually you have to also think about, you know, you're not, I mean, the goal of the app is not to compare yourself to another person. It's to be confident and also, it's a way to express yourself. Yeah, totally. So yeah. And then what advice do you have for teens who are feeling overwhelmed or stressed from academic peer or social pressure? I know it's kind of a lot, <laughs> different pressures. Um, yeah, there are so many different pressures <laughs> right now, right? And I think right now teens are experiencing so much of that. And I would add like, you know, that feeling of disappointment that school's not going to be starting and just life is looking so different than what we hoped it would. Um, yeah. But again, I think the best and most effective way to help yourself is to talk to somebody you know, to just find that person who you trust and share with them what you're going through. So you recognize you're not alone and then find the support system that's going to help you feel better and, and make the most of that situation. Um, you know, I think when we leave things like stress and overwhelm unattended, or we just try to like push them aside and say, I'm just going to get through it. That tends to be the thing that actually makes them get worse. <laughs> So just being able to say like, I'm stressed out right now, or, you know, kind of what you said earlier, like I need some help, or I just need to talk with somebody about this. That's, um, that's a powerful first step. Yeah, for sure. And what do you think about like journaling? Well, I'm a huge fan of journaling. I think that is a really um, powerful and simple outlet, you know, to just write down how you're feeling. And oftentimes that is enough, you know, when you journal and you can kind of pour out the stresses and the worries and all the things that are feeling heavy, you do get a sense of lightness. And oftentimes, if you look back at what you've read, you can even find how a lot of that has been emphasized in your head. <laughs> and when you see it on paper, it's like, wait a minute, I don't really need to worry about that so much. Right? So it can help you a lot, just get, sort, get things sorted out. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, like I know a lot of my friends journal and things and like that really helps them a lot um, just with like relieving stress, but then also getting their emotions out <laughs> sometimes. For me, like I don't journal too often, but I do have like a schedule and I like to like use a calendar and that's like how I basically like manage my stress. <laughs> but yeah, I think, a I think people do a bunch of different things. Yeah, and I think that's the key too. It's like find the thing that works for you. You know, if you have an activity or even like a certain friend or just something that brings you that sense of lightness and joy and relief, that's a stress reliever. So, you know, being mindful of carving out time to do those things, especially when life feels overwhelming, 
it's so important to creating that balance and not letting stress rule your life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And I think it can be even harder now because we are like, we are like in this pandemic, we have the social distance and things, but you know, it's always great to like FaceTime friends and do Zoom calls as often as you can. Totally. Well, that's where, you know, we get to really take advantage of technology now. (laughs) For sure. For sure. And yeah, that's kind of my next question in a way. Do you have any tips on ways to stay positive during such a strange time? Mm-hmm. I think, you know, what I said earlier is one of the most important ways to make sure you carve out time to do things that you enjoy, be with people who make you happy. Um, you know, it's it becomes our responsibility during moments when we feel really out of control or where there's so many things that are outside of our control, like a pandemic, when school's gonna start, how school's gonna look, et cetera. We have to kind of center back and think, okay, what what can I control? Like, what can I do for myself that's gonna help me feel good or just feel less stressed? Um, And, you know, I think when you start to think about it, there are a lot of things, even if it's just, you know, going on a walk or meeting a friend for a social distance coffee or walk, right? Or having like a Zoom or FaceTime call with a friend or family member. Those little things are really helpful to sprinkle in, I would say, every single day. Yeah, for sure. I have another question kind of leading up with what you were saying. I think this pandemic can cause a lot of anxiety and stress for teens since there is a lot that is unknown. Do you have any tips on ways to manage this type of anxiety or stress? Well, you know, like I said, I think anxiety that comes from things we can't control really invites us to look at what we can control. Yeah. Right. So there's this kind of, um, image of two circles, right? There's an inner circle and then there's an outer circle. And outside of the inner circle is the things we can't control. We, we don't have control over a lot of life, but the inner circle are the things we can control. And that's important to identify. You know, you can control the way that you spend your time. You can control even your attitude. You know, you can control the people you invite into your life and the people you set boundaries with. So when you start to focus on what you can control, I think it minimizes anxiety and it also shifts your focus from worrying about what's out of your control to doing something with the things that are in your control. Yeah, for sure. Um, I agree with that. Like, I think, I mean, you can spend so much time worrying about the, about the pandemic and other things like that, but in, but in reality, that's not going to really get you anywhere because you can't control that. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. And sometimes, you know, I think this may sound a little far-fetched or difficult to do, but I always believe that even in challenges, there is a positive outcome that can be experienced. So, asking yourself, you know, what good could come out of this or what good is happening now? You know, again, it's a way to just bring the focus back and invite yourself to really look for the things that are going right rather than staying so attached and focused on the things that are going wrong. Mm -hmm. For sure. For sure. And yeah, with this upcoming school year, 
um, things probably are looking a little bit different than we originally expected. And do you have any tips on ways um, to keep like a balanced schedule and just like minimize all of, like the academic stresses that can come along with that? Mm -hmm. um, well, you said the magic words, balanced schedule. <laughs> and, you know, the way that that looks is so different depending on the person. But I think, you know, to really explore for yourself, like what does it mean for me to have a balanced schedule? And this is one thing that I think is actually a pretty cool thing about online learning is that you have more flexibility in your schedule. Yeah. So you have an opportunity now to think about, okay, you know, when do I learn the best? And am I like a morning person, an afternoon person? Do I like to exercise first before I sit down and study? Do I want to, you know, eat something? Like you just, you can kind of play around with that and really figure out kind of, you know, how you click, so to speak. And I think once you do discover that, you know, there's a lot of magic in being able to set yourself up for success and create that balanced schedule by giving yourself, like I said before, those moments of just me time, the moments of study time, the moments of athletics or extracurricular time. But I think just making sure that, um, you know, you're not overwhelmed. And if you do get to that place, an important thing to examine is, you know, what can I take off my plate? Yeah. For yeah. And like you said, I think a benefit of distance learning is that you have a little bit more freedom and you can modify your schedule to fit your needs. For example, you can work out in the mornings or just add other things that make you feel better. I also think that just going to school can just add some stress sometimes. So staying at home has some good aspects to it, at least. <laughs> Totally. I think that, you know, I was talking actually with a parent um, today. I had a parent coaching session and he has a daughter who's about to start her freshman year of high school. And his daughter's super bummed because she yeah. has to start online and she really wanted to have, you know, the first few weeks of school on camp. I mean, she wanted to have her whole freshman year on campus, but she's really disappointed and worried. And we started to talk about how, you know, there's some advantages to being able to just focus on academics the first semester. You know, you can just kind of get yourself into that groove. And then once, you know, fingers crossed school starts again in January, at least, um, then you get to integrate, you know, and start to focus on the social aspect. So, you know, again, it's just like looking, looking for the positives, even when there's, you know, seemingly yeah. none. There always <laughs> are. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't even think about that because, you know, I play as a fall sport. I play tennis. And so that's something I'm kind of missing out on, just like not being able to like not really having a fall season. And that's something I always look forward to at the end of the summer. And then also just like going back to school, seeing all of your friends and stuff, making new friends. So that's that was something I was missing out on. But then like hearing you talk about the positives of um, just distance learning and then also being able to focus on like one thing at a time. I think that's really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. Do you have any tips on ways to find motivation? Because I think we all have those times when we just don't have that drive for whatever reason. I think it can even be easier now to feel that way. 
Yeah, for sure. In fact, you know, I mentioned a few kind of popular coaching topics and I didn't mention motivation, but I would say motivation and procrastination comes up <laughs> almost every client at least one, at one point in their coaching experience with me. So I have a lot of tips. <laughs> I think, um, you know, one uh, most effective and kind of easiest way to get yourself motivated is to, is to get connected with your why. So mm -hmm. your why is like, you know, kind of what you really want in your life and why you really want it. So a lot of times, at least what I've seen, you know, motivation comes or procrastination and a lack of motivation comes when you're doing something that's kind of boring or you feel like it's meaningless. It has no impact on your future. So why even bother? Right. Mm -hmm. Or there's just this extreme disappointment and it's like, why bother? So, you know, when you shift from the why bother, you know, this doesn't have any meaning for me, it doesn't matter, to connecting with what you really want and why you want it, you can start to see how even those things that seem like they don't matter are actually stepping stones towards what you really want. So for example, like maybe you're somebody who hates math, right? And you're like, I don't need math because I'm going to be a model and models don't need math, right? So I don't need to even pay attention in my math class. But, you know, what do you learn by paying attention and doing something that's hard? You learn discipline, right? You learn mm -hmm. a lot of other skills that can actually help you in your modeling career or whatever it might be, right? So I think that's the thing that um, can sometimes inspire motivation is to just think about, okay, well, what else am I getting out of this? And how is that helping me get to where I really want to go? Yeah, that's so true. And I think that, you know, I think every teen has that at some point in their life, they feel like, you know, what is the point of taking this class? Like, what is the point of doing this activity? Like, I, I mean, I personally can relate to that. Like, I've you now taken a couple of classes I'm not like a huge fan of, and I'll be talking to my parents, and I'm like, why am I taking this class? Like, I don't want to do it. And they always, they always tell me, you know, it tells you more about yourself by taking classes that you're not really, that you may not find interesting at first. Mm -hmm. And you never know, too. I mean, I'm sure you've also been in classes that you didn't find interesting in the beginning, and then maybe at the end, you thought differently about it, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, I like taking a bunch of different types of classes just because, you know, you never know, like, which one, like, will stick with you or which one you'll end up liking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it always changes. So, yeah. Um, and then I have a couple other questions for you. Um, so yeah, what do you do for your personal wellness and self-care? I know you've mentioned yoga before, but is that something you've always done since you were younger or just more recently? Believe it or not, yoga has been in my life since I was like a baby. My mom practiced <laughs> yeah. yoga. So there's actually a picture of me. I think I was like maybe two months old. My mom's doing yoga next to my little baby bassinet. Um, <laughs> it's, so it's just always been, I've always been exposed to it and um, I went to, I actually went to a Montessori school for preschool and the first couple of years of elementary school and we did yoga there. And then it was like in college, I started to practice again. And so that's still very much a part of my life and definitely a part of my wellness routine. Yeah. Um, I also, you know, I journal a lot, like we were mm -hmm. talking about before. I try 
I don't journal every day, but I do try to journal almost every day. And, um, you know, I also like to kind of start my morning slow. I think that's a really important time to kind of set the tone for the day. So in my morning routine, sometimes I listen to a meditation. Sometimes I just kind of quiet before I get out of bed and sort of think about like, how do I want my day to go and set some (laughs) intentions. Sometimes I journal and write those intentions down. But the point is like, I just start to, I try to be really mindful in the morning. Um, And then yeah, yoga. And I think it's also really important to just move your body every day and get outside. So I do make a point of that, even if it's just like taking my yoga mat on my little patio and doing yoga for 20 minutes, you know, (laughs) or taking a walk around the block. I think that's really important for just mind and body. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there are so many different ways to journal. So I am just curious, what does your journaling generally look like? For example, do you like to draw? (laughs) Oh, that's such a good question. I'm just curious. Um, Well, I love that you asked that because I think a lot of people, I know at least from like the girls I've worked with over the years, they sometimes shy away from journaling because they're like, I just don't know where to start. And so they'll like look at a blank page and it's almost overwhelming because they don't know where to begin. So there are a lot of different ways to journal. I sometimes, I think most of the time I just kind of do a free write and write whatever, I call it a brain dump in my coaching sessions where I just write whatever's on my mind. Sometimes it'll be like an intention, like I mentioned a few seconds ago, Mm -hmm. where I just write, you know, my intention is sometimes I write gratitudes. So something that I'm grateful for that day or sometimes in the evening. Um, I don't do a lot of drawing in my journal, although I really like art. I just, um, yeah, I probably doodle in my journal more than (laughs) I draw, but drawing is a great way to express your feelings and to just process experiences. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah. I was just curious because I know like it can sometimes be hard to like start journal journaling or start writing down, you know, your emotions or what you're going through. But, you know, if you have, I guess, a general idea, it can make it easier. Well, I think, you know, two of my favorite ways to start are something good that happened today was, or mm-hmm. I am grateful for. I mean, those are two really easy sentence starters, if you will, that can just kind of help you get focused and can help you start to, you know, kind of move through the different feelings. Yeah. And as for yoga, I'm not sure if I caught it right, but I thought you said that you were were a yoga teacher. Um, Is that right? Well, no, I teach. I I don't teach yoga anymore, but I am a certified yoga teacher and (laughs) I taught yoga gosh, for about eight years. Um, I taught adult yoga classes, but I did a lot of mother-daughter yoga classes and teen yoga. I still do some teen yoga workshops for like MCL groups and Girl Scouts, Um, but I don't do so much anymore just because now we're all social distanced. (laughs) Oh yeah, (laughs) yeah, for sure. And what role do you think yoga plays in your personal wellness? Oh, that's a great question. You know, for me, yoga is so many different things. It's such a, it's a great exercise. So it just feels really strengthening in the body and obviously really stretchy. Um, For me, it's just also a place to like kind of be calm and connect with 
myself and like calm my mind because like many of you your listeners and I'm sure you too you know I suffer from overthinking and (laughs) sometimes but you know yoga is just a it's a great exercise to bring yourself kind of what I like to say like back down to earth and not be so in your head all the time um and it just feels good you know I love doing yoga like at the end of the day to just sort of like calm down and get relaxed yeah for sure and I think that's really important that you said that like you have to do something that makes you feel better um because I know like yeah like not everyone's a huge like yoga fan but you could be a huge like I don't know runner or there's a bunch of different things that you can do Um, and yoga is not all like woo woo as they say you know it's (laughs) all about like meditation and I think this is what I loved about teaching teen yoga it was really showing teens that you know yoga can be fun it doesn't need to necessarily be slow or painful and you don't have to have balance or flexibility you know you can really start with whatever you have going on in your body whether that's you know you can bend over backwards or you can't even touch your shins you know yeah and um that was like such a gift to be able to kind of teach teach teens that this is something that is, it's not only a really good healthy exercise, but it's a very helpful tool, you know, for just self-soothing and like I said earlier, just bringing yourself down to earth. Yeah, and I've personally tried yoga a few times and I think it's really cool since there's a bunch of different types. Also, they have been starting to integrate it more into school PE classes. Totally. Yep. I, and I, so I'm so glad that yoga is integrated now into PE. That's actually, I taught um, an ISPE yoga class for about oh, three years yeah. um, for girls at Earl Warren and, um, and at Carmel Valley middle school. So that was really fun. Yeah, no, that's really cool. And um, yeah, I mean, I think yoga is really cool too, for sure. And do you, do yoga every day? I'm just curious. (laughs) Well, interestingly, Karina, with like COVID, I've been doing so much more yoga. I actually, the studios closing down has not deterred me. I feel like I'm doing more yoga now um, than I was even before all of this craziness started. So Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, I'm just curious because I know it can be hard to find that motivation to go work out, you know, and exercise. Um, especially now because, you know, a lot of gyms are closed or they have their different restrictions. So yeah, I just, I was just curious. <laughs> well, you know, there's, I, I actually follow um, a lot of like yogis and fitness people on Instagram. And so yeah. they just post little, you know, workouts on their stories. And, um, and that is always inspiring to me. I've actually been super into like creating my own little fitness workouts. So I do those. <laughs> couple times a week and then um there's a online yoga studio called your booty yoga and they have awesome classes and what i love about it is that it's like you can choose a 20 minute class a 40 minute class a 60 minute class or a 90 minute class so on those days that maybe you're feeling kind of lazy you just do a short class you know so like you said there's a lot of different types of yoga and there's a lot of different ways you can incorporate it into your life yeah for yeah, sure and I, um, I think my, my family got a Peloton bike like over quarantine. So, you know, they also have an app that goes along with that. And, you know, we sometimes 
like we not every day will we want to go on the bike or like go for a run so you know we've done like a bunch of like their different like strength classes and then they also have they just have a bunch of different types of classes and I think there's are there are also a bunch of different types of apps that do the same thing yeah so, yeah yeah always find your different motivation <laughs> yeah, totally and you know even um YouTube they have a bunch of free workout classes so something sure. to explore yeah, and I know some YouTubers have been doing challenges where you can follow along with the workouts they do each day. And if you're into that, it can be a really good source of motivation. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And what other kinds of things you do for your self-care and wellness? Um, well, I think, like I said, I mean, exercise is really a big one for me. So I do try to get outside every day, whether yeah. it's yoga or going on a walk or running. Um, I think, you know, self-care for me also is about relationships. So mm -hmm. I think it's really important and I feel super grateful to just have a tribe of people around me who are really encouraging and supportive and trustworthy. I think that's a very key element to, to self-care is making sure that, you know, you've got good relationships and people in your corner. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And then my last question for you is, are there any other self-care or wellness tips that you'd like to share with the listeners? Um, I think, you know, I, I said my big ones, I think yeah. getting outside, moving, having, you know, being willing to talk with people, whether it's a coach or a friend, but just having those trusted people in your corner are really important for self-care. And, you know, I think, um, finding a passion, you know, just knowing what lights you up and carving out time to do it is another really essential part of, of self-care and being able to stay energized and motivated and, and live your best life. Yeah, and I think a lot of teens are exploring their passions right now. So it's really important to try different things out and do the things that you love. That make you feel good. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, thank you so much, Miss Rude, for joining today. I hope you also had fun. I loved interviewing you. Oh, thank you. I did have so much fun, and I love that you're doing this, and it's just such a pleasure to talk with you, Karina, and you didn't even share how far back we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, my brother actually had her as a teacher, I think for two years in elementary yeah. school. But for fourth and sixth grade. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So we've known each other a long time, and it's really cool to see you again and support you in your journey and I think it's awesome what you're working on so thank you very much for having me and thanks to your listeners for listening to us of course yeah thank you so much for joining Thank you so much, Miss Rude, for joining. It was such a pleasure to talk to you, and I think you shared some really helpful insight. It was really nice to hear from a certified life coach, so I am super thankful that you joined today. If you want to get in contact with Miss Rude, I will put her handles and link to her website below. She is a certified life coach at Inspire Balance Coaching, so make sure to go check that out if you're interested. And thank you so much for everyone that is listening. I hope you enjoyed, and I would love to hear your feedback. I will briefly explain how to find the Google form right now.
Okay, perfect. You can find the Google form by clicking on the link in the podcast description or by clicking on the link in my Instagram bio. My handle is at stick to you underscore. I really appreciate your feedback. The survey will ask a couple short questions regarding the content and quality of the podcast episode and then give you some space to drop any other comments, suggestions, advice, or anything else that you may have. Thanks for that and stay tuned for the next episode. I am so excited to share all the things that I have in store for you. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Make sure to do the things that you love and stick to you. Yeah.